ladies, producing my co-workers. I think a man working outdoors, he feels more like a man drinking out of a bottle of suds. Suds, <laughs> Go Maeve, go Maeve, go Maeve. Mira, Bufu, the Suds cast. Hey everybody, you got DC Thompson here, joined as always by the Gaelic <laughs> goddess herself. Brett. There it is, Britt, right across the table from me. Britt, did you notice anything different about my intro today? I did. Yeah. So, that was actually Gaelic. I was speaking in Gaelic because we are on the east coast of Canada, in the province of Nova Scotia, recording from the Airbnb we rented in Cape Breton. (laughs) On the Cabot Trail. On the Cabot Trail. A lot of Gaelic going on on the Cabot Trail. So, I thought I'd change it up. We'd go a little Gaelic today. I think you maybe just need to say... You probably did not pronounce that properly. Yes. I For anybody listening who speaks Gaelic or will be offended by that, I am sorry. I apologize 100 times over. Please, please accept my apology. I did my best. There's not a lot of information on it online, but I did my best to try and find out how to do the translation. Um, yeah, so we're here on the East Coast. Now, the two beers that we we're going to review today, we picked up along our travels. We drove out here. So we went up through Quebec, and then we went across New Brunswick, and now we're stationed here in Cape Breton. We're here in Cape Breton for a while. We're kind of checking out the Cabot Trail, checking out a lot of breweries. But we stopped on our way into Quebec in Rivière-de-Loup, and we picked up a beer from the brewery. Again, we're going to have to... Britt, what grade did you take high school French to? Twelve. Grade twelve. Okay, so I took it as well. I was in the French immersion, so... I'm going to try and pronounce this brewery properly. Ofu Brassant, Micro Brasserie. I mean, it's as good as it's going to be. I think that's pretty good. This is from, it's in Rivière de Loup, Quebec. And the beer that we have selected from this microbrewery is called Frere Tuck. I'm just going to open this. Got that open. Now, Frere Tuck, this is a Belgian beer. It's a double Belgian, they're, they're calling it. Now, I had to kind of do some translating because... Everything's in French on this label. There is no English at all. Um, Frere Tuck is a reference, I believe, to Friar Tuck from the Robin Hood mythology. Did you look that up or you're just making that connection? Well, I kind of looked it up. There's a little cartoon image of a a monk here with a, he's got like a flagon of beer and there's a barrel beside him. So I, I believe that that's the French translation to Friar Tuck from, as I mentioned, Robin Hood. Um, of course the, the Belgian connection here is the monk's. Friar Tuck was a monk back in the day, so poured these out. Let's just try a quick cheers cheers here in these wine glasses we have at the Airbnb. No sample glasses. Ooh. It's dark. It's darker than I thought it was going to be. Kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. A little sour. And there's a bit of sourness coming through. Now, this beer is 7.5% ABV, so it's pretty high on the ABV. Now, it's Belgian, so that makes sense. There is a bit of sweetness, a bit of yeah, sweet at the end sweet. that's coming through. Um, this beer was about five dollars. We bought it in a, we bought it next to the brewery. They had like a little bottle shop going, and a bunch of other beers from. Well, Quebec. it wasn't part of the brewery. It wasn't it was part its of the own brewery. bottle shop up the street. And yeah, they specialized in fancy beer sales. Yeah, from mostly from Quebec, uh, Montreal, all over the place, even northern parts, more northern Riviere de Loup. Now, Brit Riviere de Loup. Do you know what that stands for? Do you know the translation? I'm going with river. Uh-huh. 
and of. I mean, Lou, you want to say loop, but I don't think that's right. right. River loop, but. Okay, so the translation is Wolf River. Oh. So Lou in French means wolf. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, I totally forgot that. Yeah. So there's probably a lot of wolves up there. Now, we didn't see any. Of course, we weren't there for very long. We just kind of stayed over. It was on the drive up. It took us about 20 hours to drive to the, to uh, Cape Breton, where we are now. Man, it was a bit of a slog. That first day, it was about 10 hours of driving. Um, now, the name of the brewery, also in French, it translates. So the name is Au Fou Brassant. Now, what do you think that's, that translation is, Britt? Something fool. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is translated as crazy people. Okay, so fool, I was right. So it's the crazy people microbrewery. Essentially, it's operated and cre- was created by two guys who just met each other and, you know, over a couple of years just decided they were going to start this brewery. Now, was the website, you could have an English, like Google translated the website so you could get this, or this is all just based on your superb French skills? Well, the Riviera de Lou, I knew that one. I didn't have to look that one up. Now you're showing off. Well, but the other part <laughs> about the brewery name, I did have to look that up because I didn't know what yeah. that meant. So no, what about the two guys who started the brewery? Oh, yeah. So I looked that up and then Google just translates it for you, page. right? It yeah. tr- translates the page from French to English. But everything's in French. There's no English. It's completely uh, francophone. No, no. It's uh, tasty. No yeah. Now, this beer would technically, it would fall under the can craft segment. Yeah. It would be Canadian. a can craft segment. Brings me to this question, Britt. Do you think we should have a different segment for Quebec beers? Because we've had well, a couple. I guess it depends. I mean, they're Canadian. I mean, depends they, who you ask, I guess. They always they are always looking to separate. I mean, that was kind of a thing in the '90s and even before that. They always seeming seemingly the province was interested in separating from the rest of Canada and kind of going on its own. I'm wondering Imagine if, if that had happened. Like, let's just think for a second about that. Yeah. So Imagine let's if think, that had are happened. We, are we thinking about our striving? Yeah, here? like it would have been. We would have had to, like, have passports. Like, it would have been entering another country, like, stamping your passport. That's right. Like, it would have been it would have been very strange because, really, from where we are in southern Ontario, Quebec is not really that far. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nuts to think if that had happened or if it does in the future that, you know, within, what, five, six hours, you're in a different country. Yeah, and then you're actually traveling through Quebec, and then you get to New Brunswick, and guess what? You're back in Canada. Yeah, like you have to go through another border crossing. Yeah, you go through the another one. The money would be different. Yeah. They'd, they'd probably, probably have like a whole different debit and credit system or something. Possibly. Probably they're, not now. We but might have to get traveler's checks. Yeah. But like 10 years ago, you couldn't use your debit card in other countries. That's right. Like finally, I think Canadian technology has sort of caught up and you can yeah but i don't know it's just interesting to think that you could drive and they would it'd be a different and then what would they do to our map they would have to they would what on a map of canada what would they do for quebec like shade it out like it's just a black hole in the shape of yeah well where quebec used to be i don't know i guess the province formerly known as quebec (laughs) like the like the prince when he became the logo I don't know. That's a good question. These are all great questions. Now, I guess. Fortunately, we don't have to answer. No, them but maybe we'll they see. They didn't separate. No, but I mean, I'm not going to pretend I know a lot about this. But good, with, good start. With Brexit happening and what's happening over there, yep. like it will sort of be interesting. I mean, it's slightly different. They're separating from something slightly different than what Quebec would be separating from. Mm-hmm. But it might be sort of interesting to see how that would play out and look like. Yeah, like what? What are they? If if they ever finally separate, I mean, what are they gonna do? Yeah, like, what's knows? that gonna look like on like I don't know. 
We'll, we'll see. I guess we'll of, wait and see. If they ever separate, maybe we will have a bit of a glimpse into how that would function. But It's an interesting thing to think about. Again, I don't know a lot of the politics behind Quebec and why they want to separate either. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of... It would feel very like this dystopian future almost if they did separate. It would be like, strange. It would feel weird. It'd f- it would... I don't know. It would maybe start to feel like a bit more militarized because you're like crossing a border in essentially what was known as your cut, co- like part of the country you're from. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll, wild. maybe we'll never see it. Well, there hasn't been any talk about them separating enough about Quebec separate separation. What do you think about the beer? The Frere, the Frere Tuck from Ofu Brasserie. Michael I like Murray. it. It's a little heavy for me. Like, yeah. I don't know at what? Seven, seven and a half. I think percent. I don't know if it's something I would drink on a regular basis. I mean, yeah. this to me is a beer that you can't drink much. Like, this is all you're having. Yeah, you just have, like, a, way, a pint like, of it. It was about $5 for a pint bottle. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's heavier than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be lighter. But some Belgian beers are a little bit heavier. It's quite dark. It's, like, brown It tastes like a Belgian, I yeah. think. Yeah. I, think I mean, it's, it's good. Right. I don't it's think there's, like... It's kind of like a normal Belgian. There's not much... It's good. I think it's nothing that's like, oh my gosh, this is like so different from some of the other Belgians that we've tasted. Like it's pretty similar. Yeah. Like I don't know if you could really pick this out from another one that we've had before, but it's consistent in the sense that it's good. Now getting back to that question, we didn't really answer it. Should we come up with a different segment for Quebec beers or should it just all be canned craft because they're still part of the I don't know. I feel like you maybe have. I don't have anything. I was just wondering. I don't know. Do you have any ideas of what we would call it? <laughs> fleur de lis. Well, fleur de lis is just a fleur de lis. It has to be related to beer somehow. Oh, je me souviens. That's their logo on their license plate. Yeah, again, you're just kind of naming French things. You're not bringing it back to beer. Anyway, we'll put it out there. Hey, anybody on Instagram, you want to send us an email? Tell us what the Quebec segment should be called? Because there's a lot of great breweries happening in Quebec. It's kind of... Yeah, there's a lot of beer there. They really love their Belgian styles over there. There so was there's a lot. lot. Yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff Well, wait. So I, I wonder if they should wait. get their own designation. Did we not have one from Quebec before? Yes, we did. Yeah. When we Eric had, was on. When Eric was on, the first guest, Eric and Anderson. And we didn't change... Oh, but that was a cellar dweller. That was a cellar dweller. Right. So, see, I think yeah. cellar dweller kind of squashes anything. There's a hierarchy for the segment. Maybe we'll work on that. We'll think about it. If we have another Quebec beer on and later on in another podcast, we'll maybe have to come up with something. Now, as I mentioned, this this bottle has Frere Tuck. It has a, a little kind of cartoonish drawing of a, a little monk there, kind of depicting Friar Tuck from Robin Hood. If you remember that character, he kind of he was a monk, essentially. Now, we've had a conversation about monks before. And, Britt, I've done a little bit of research on this. Finally. So, do you know why the monks are bald like that? Okay, so you're implying they shave... Oh, right, they shave their heads. They shave their heads, yeah. It's yeah, kind of like... I don't know. That's the old school way. I don't know. So, and also, there are eight, you know there are Tibetan monks also yep. shaving their heads. Um, but traditional kind of Belgian monks, European monks, they kind of had the horseshoe hairline going. They okay. just kind of shaved the top. Uh, apparently, it's because... It's because of their secular practice that they kind of showed... They did this to show sympathy or mourning or kind of sympathy with the every every person that like oh look at i'm going to kind of deface myself to show you that i am imperfect as well on purpose and then there's also now more modern in more modern times is to show kind of a renunciation of fashion or esteem Mm. so it's like i'm gonna shave my head to show that i don't care about what my hair looks like it's not an important feature it's kind of it's the removal of vanity 
So that's kind of why. Which I think is a part of sort of the monkhood, right? Yeah, because they kind of go into this sort of solitary solitude and kind of really are within themselves and kind of studying religion and things kind of in a solitary way. So they really have no interest in things like fashion or hairstyles. It really, it kind of goes, it's incongruous with what they're trying to do. They live apart from society, um, things like that. Now, Britt, did you, I learned this also in doing some research, mainly from Wikipedia, that's mainly where my research. I think comes that's from. where every. If you don't know something, that's the only place you learn it. I yet. think it's a pretty reliable source. Like people used to really <laughs> talk shit about Wikipedia, but and I find it so like if you're in school or something, it's always like you cannot quote Wikipedia, no. and I understand it's not an academic peer reviewed source, but for basic information, it's like well, where else do you go? Now, when I was yeah, when I was in university, and this was in the early two thousands, mid two thousands. Wikipedia was kind of, no one really exactly knew about it. They definitely did, because when I was in fourth year, third or fourth year, my TAs were specifically saying, do not quote Wikipedia. Yes, so what I was saying is that in the early and mid-2000s, when you would have been in first year, or potentially not even in university yet, I was putting them as citations. I was putting Wikipedia. 2007. Yeah, I'm talking like 2004. I'm putting citations in my history papers, you quoting Wikipedia. I definitely use Wikipedia in a paper. Yeah, and then, like, slowly they kind of, all of the teaching assistants and professors caught on and said, oh, no, 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 we can't be just using well, this because Wikipedia is peer-reviewed, so it's... it's yeah, it's, it's like, not peer-reviewed by, like, academics. No, it's just like people write stuff, article. somebody checks into it, and then they approve whether or not it's right, and you need to have citations even I don't even think anyone checks to prove it's if it's right, it's just anyone can make edits. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But the problem sometimes is you're so worried about plagiarism. And when I was in university, that was turn. I mean, they still use it, but turnitin.com, right? So everything you wrote was scanned through that program. Even like something, a benign fact of like when someone's birth date was. It's like, well, where else am I going to find that other than Wikipedia? You can't just say so-and-so was born on this date because yeah. obviously that's not necessarily, right. you don't. Or whatever. But right? then when so you're on, quote, but then when you're on the Wikipedia page, if someone says this person was born in this year or something, or did this in this year, they require that there's a citation there. And then when you click the link on the citation, you could then find that information of where they got that. I guess, but I know it's still, a whole, it's a whole thing. But I'm just yeah. saying. So I was on the Wikipedia page doing some research on some monks, and uh, did you know the, what the female version of a monk is? No, it's a nun. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's why they but wear, not, like, the habit. It's like they're covering yeah, their head. but not every cult, it. but nuns, not every culture that has monks would have the equivalent, I don't think, necessarily. Or they do. I don't know. I don't know about that part. I'm just saying that that is apparently but considered, like a nun, the nun is considered the female equivalent of what a monk would have been. Oh, okay, but not every nun it would be considered a monk. No. Obviously. No, and I think that that's kind of, the monk is an older, older religious figure. But when you look at when you look at what a monk would wear, they wear the robe. It's very very similar to what right. pastors kind of wear. But there's like still that. a lot of countries where monks are part of the everyday life. Yes, more so than I think you'd see nuns as part of the everyday life. Yeah, I mean, I think nuns are kind of more part of the culture in right. a lot of ways yeah. in North America. People always like talk about oh nuns like they were school teachers and things like that. Monks weren't really school teachers. You never would say oh, this monk, when I was in grade school, it's like, no, no. it was like the pastor but, or whatever. It was a different religious yeah, we figure. we also grew up in a different... Mm-hmm. But the nun carried on. So it's interesting that the nun is the female equivalent of a monk. 
but different in that it's not really a solid, like the nun is solitary in some ways, and but not removed from society the way monks sort of remove themselves. But I don't think monks today are as removed from society. They're not as much as they, as they were for sure, but there's still a component to it like that. Like, well, yeah, they're required to sort of live and, you know. Yeah, they live like a simple life and stuff. In their air, in a certain yeah. place. Yeah. Right? So but, the monks used to brew the beer and it would actually provide for um, the community that they were kind of living in or the, the, the church was in. And it would also provide beer for all the other monks or the, all the other people who worked at the church and things like that. Because beer was essentially at that point, it was a staple. Like, it was just a part of the everyday food that you would consume. Like, people were consuming beer a lot right. back in the day. Much more than, on average, they are now. It was considered just part of... It was just considered Is something that to from drink. Wikipedia, or that's just... Well, that's just kind of, like, understood when you do the research on monks. Um, but, yeah, it's from Wikipedia. Big deal. I'm not, citate, I'm not doing a citation. This isn't a paper, so I don't care. Well, we're pretty much at the end. I mean, wow, we kind of really ran through that... Um, we're going to give our review now. I think it's time to do it. We got Frere Tuck from Ofu Brassant Microbrewery. Brit, is it a thrill, will, or a swill? I think a will. Just a will? Yeah. I mean, because I will maybe have this again because happenstance that on our way back to Ontario, we're also stopping near here again. Yeah. And might actually check out the brewery itself. Yeah. So I would maybe order this again. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that I've had it, I don't know. Because if we go there and they, you can have, you know, a flight of a few different things, I maybe would not have this because I've had it. Right. But, I mean, I thought it was good. I mean, it was nothing like, whoa, I've never had this before. But I think it was fairly solid. Yeah, I think that this is one of the – they have a couple of Belgian beers at the microbrewery there. And I think this is decent. It's serviceable. Drew, thrill, will, or swill? I think it's a will plus – um, I like Belgian styles. I think they've executed it very well here. Uh, I think it's it's good and that it's it's not it, they do a good job of kind of not making it too over the top crazy where it's like a really really high percentage or it's got some kind of additions in it. It's basically this is kind of a Belgian style beer that I think they've executed really well. So I think it's a will plus for me. I I kind of like the brewery. Um, I like their sort of style. Their labeling is all very similar. It all comes in these brown bottles. They're really nice brown bottles. Now that increases the price. The beers were kind of expensive. Like I said, about $5 for a pint, which is a bit much. But you've noticed that the beer pricing out here, especially on the East Coast, it's a little bit more it's expensive. A lot more expensive. Yeah. Everything's about a dollar more for a pint in, in all the stores that you'll find. But yeah, I think it's a Will Plus. For me, um, pretty solid. Will Will Plus. Yeah, like I'm bald. I kind of can core like there's a correlation there. I'm oh, a you bald relate. man. Yeah, I can kind of relate with the monks. I mean, yours wasn't by choice, and to say no. Well, no, <laughs> it wasn't by choice. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, let's not pretend you're. You know. Yeah, but I, you know, I think like yeah, I'm kind of one with those monks. Like fight the power, fight oh, yeah. fight the hair. You're you know. Just... Well, I figure I have yeah. no choice now, so I might as well go along with it. Yeah, so that was the Frere Tuck Double Belgian Ofu Brassant Micro Brasserie under the Cancraft segment, possibly getting its own Quebecois segment. Now, for our next beer, we're heading a little bit further east than Riviere de Lou. We're heading to the next province, New Brunswick. As we continue the Sudscast East Coast Tour, stay tuned for the next beer. It's coming right up. 
Britt, you look really relaxed. What's your secret? Switching to Anchor FM. Huh? Since we moved the Sudscast to Anchor FM, podcasting has been a breeze. Just name a podcast app and I bet we're on it. iTunes? On it. Spotify? Yep. Google Podcasts? Been there for ages. We're on Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, just to name a few. Is the Sudscast on Caster Blaster? Hmm. I don't know. That's because I just made that one up. Oh. But if it existed, we'd be on it. That's true. Thanks, everybody, for all the support. Follow us on Instagram, send us an email, and give us a review on any of your podcasting apps. And here we go. We're back. We're about to get into our second beer out of the next province on our East Coast tour. But before we do, as always, it's time for us to remember something we misremembered before and be corrected on something we didn't get right in a previous podcast. Everybody, it's time for Brit's bit. All right, I got a couple things. So we were talking last episode, we tried the Royal City Eclipse. Yeah. Which was brewed with... The uh, coffee Kolsch. Yes. So just to clarify, I feel like I had this right, but we'll just be sure. Mm -hmm. So cold brew coffee means it was brewed with like cold water. Mm -hmm. Or room temp water. Versus an iced coffee, you brew it as you normally would make coffee and just pour it over ice. Oh, okay. So I think we kind of chatted about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I also looked up the Yurgachefe coffee. That was the coffee that they used in the, the Eclipse beer. Yeah. Yeah. So according to the internet, expressocoffeeguide.com. So Yurgachefe coffee is just coffee from Ethiopia. Oh, okay. So it's just, um, I think, a bean... From there, it says it's a wet processing, so it's a wash coffee mm-hmm. grown at elevations from 1,700 to 2,200 meters above sea level and is considered the best high-grown coffee in southern Ethiopia, which Ethiopia is known for pretty tasty coffee. That's true. So we got that. Now on a more, I'd say, fun note. We have a lot of Brit Spits today. I know. Because we were also trying to find out where did they get that car. Yeah, where from the Trooper song. Yeah, so where did Jack of All Trades Stan and Jerry the Garbage Man get that bright white sports car? Uh-huh. The internet has no suggestions as to where they got that. So likely stolen. Except, oh. okay, so the lyrics go basically, some old lady called the cops, said the car is probably stolen. Oh, okay. Those are, that's in the song lyrics. Yep. So one person is sort of suggesting the meaning because there's a whole website. Right. So Ryan Owens, 11 years ago on songmeanings.com, is suggesting that uh, the song is about people's suspicion towards any people in what society considered second class jobs who have something nice. Mm -hmm. So in the song, they refer to a jack of all trades in a garbage van driving around in this bright white sports car and then some old lady calling the cops saying it was stolen. Hmm. Interesting. They're still really, we still don't know where they got that sports car. I guess presumably they worked for it and bought it. Presumably they worked hard. They were probably in a union, garbage man union. And a jack of all trades. They worked and they bought the sports car. It all lines up. Well, just another boring. Well, another very outcome, but, but another very insightful Brit spit. Now, we're moving on to our second beer, Brit. This one from New Brunswick. Yes. We went to Fredericton, New Brunswick, the capital of that province. 
and we hit up Greystone Brewing there. Mm-hmm. And this is Wild Child Grapefruit Rattler from Greystone Brewing. Now, this thing is comes in a crowler. It's big. It's big. It's big. It's like this can. It's in a can. It's a one liter can. I'm going to crack this puppy open. Jeez, I can barely get my finger under there. Okay, here we go. Yeah, this is a one liter can, pretty much. It's about 950 milliliters. And it was about $8.50 for this can. So about two pints. That's not bad, I guess. Yeah. Pour these up. I mean, it's a lot of beer. I feel like this is meant to be shared. It is, and that's exactly what we're going to do with it. Now, I noticed, Drew, you didn't cut me a little grapefruit slice to have with this beer. I did. As the Greystone Instagram suggests. Cheers. You know, the local co-op here in Cape Breton was totally out of grapefruit. I checked. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's not the kind of rattler I was hoping for. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm used to, like, a very pungent rattler. Well, I have to say, this one, this rattler, the Wild Child Grapefruit Rattler, it's kind of weak. The carbonation could be a little bit better. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, is that because of, is that does that have to do with more of the crowler? I mean, would it taste different if we had it in the a actual pint? in the actual uh, brewery itself? We sampled other beers that they had there. They I were, thought they, they were, were good. good. Yeah. I mean, I see this, this is, is just not is, what I expected. Sometimes from I question a Radler. Sometimes I, I question the validity of the validity of the crowler. Is it does it actually make sense to be putting this much beer into a can? Well. I guess, because it's meant to be shared, right? Yeah, but the canning process that they're doing for these crowlers, it's actually on site at the brewery. It's not a canning line. It's kind of this one-at-a-time fill-up can thing. It's sort of like filling a growler. That's why it's called a crowler. Oh, right. And if you look closely at the can, there's a bit of a lip. Yeah, so then, the, then yeah, what happens is they actually the they fill after. the can and then they secure the top yeah. on afterwards. Okay, so, but even still, even if this had no carbonation and we could chalk it up to it's the crowler... It's not, like, when I think of Rattler, to me, that's half juice, half beer type thing. Yeah. And I'm not getting that taste. Well, that's the other thing. This is the Wild Child Grapefruit Rattler. It's 4.7%. It's not super wild. It's not super wild. It's 4.7% alcohol, which is kind of high for a Rattler. Usually, Rattlers are around 3%. So, I guess it's not half and half. No. I mean, it's not horrible. Like, it's not like, oh, God, I can't drink this. It's just not what I thought I was getting. No, it certainly tastes natural to me. It doesn't taste yes, like, there's, you're probably a, like right. there's an extract flavor being added. It tastes like they're using real grapefruit juice. I just wonder how much grapefruit juice, and then maybe has the crowler sort of impacted the carbonation level? Because there's not a ton. It's It and tastes that, a little flat. But I still feel like you could still taste. But I think in some ways a Rattler doesn't need to be crazy carbonated, though, really. No, it doesn't, but I think that it lends itself more when you're drinking kind of a fruit juice. I guess, yeah, you sort want of a bit thing. of sparkling. Anyway, now, Britt, one thing we didn't talk about before in the first in the first beer review we did of this podcast, when we first got to Cape Breton, we first got to the Airbnb, Airbnb no power at the Airbnb, and why? Dorian. One word, Dorian. Enough said. Yeah. I think everyone's pretty well aware of the hurricane that came through. Yeah, and for those of you who aren't, Hurricane Dorian, which swept over the Bahamas and created a lot of devastation, unfortunately, in that country, continued its kind of warpath yeah. up the coastal United States Canada. and into Atlantic Canada, knocking out I, the power for some 400,000 people yeah, in Nova I'd Scotia alone. We got 
super lucky considering that there's still places right now. Hopefully by the time this podcast is on air, everyone's power is restored. Yeah. But we got lucky in the sense that we got power back on um, a Monday evening. We got power back later on the day of which we arrived. So Whereas communities maybe about 40 minutes away still are without power. Yeah. So I think we're probably pretty lucky. We are lucky. And everyone here seems to be pretty... Like we were in a bit of a smaller place yesterday getting Privateer's Bounty. We're just leaving it at that. We'll just leave it at that. You're going to have to listen to the next podcast to find out about Privateer's Bounty, (laughs) but go on. And uh, the woman there seemed very, like, happy that things were now back to normal. Yeah. Right? So she's like, it was so nice to see, like, people out on the water. Boats were out. She's like, you know, now we're actually getting back to, like, normal. Mm -hmm. Um, Aside from the power outages, I think most most of Cape Breton survived fairly fairly well in the sense that it's it wasn't i don't think total devastation and i don't think lots i don't think anyone has been reported injured or passed so i think in that sense um but it seems to like kind of rock the community a little bit in some ways yeah it's been a while since they had a hurricane by the time it reached cape breton it had been downgraded to just a tropical storm but it did sweep through halifax nova scotia as a Category 1 hurricane, and that's where we saw the most uh, power outages. Yeah. And, and we're actually on our way. <clears throat> Once we leave Cape Breton, we're on our way to Halifax right after here. So, you know, we'll have some more updates. We'll probably learn some more intel from the people there. We stop and but see. the winds here, we were told yesterday, were still like 137. So it wasn't like... Yeah, 137 kilometers an hour like winds. Like, Doreen wasn't playing in Cape Breton. Like, no. it was still... <laughs> no. Pretty tough, but no, you drive not around. Get it twisted. Dorian yeah. was in full effect. But you drive not around effect, and, and things look fairly normal, aside from like a few trees here and there that obviously toppled over, yeah. toppled over. So it was definitely added a bit of interesting flair. Yeah, when we were driving up, especially through Quebec, we were kind of like ooh, frantically sort of checking the weather. Unfortunately for us, unfortunately for many other people who lost power. Yeah, we were uh, pretty lucky. We were lucky. We had kind of actually, we arrived just as it had left and there was enough time where they had restored power and <clears throat> roads had been opened from flash flooding and things like that. So anyway, a little bit of a sort of a backstory yeah, to how we, we got to here. Sort of, obviously those, I don't know what they're classified as, but the people who do the, who work for Nova Scotia Power, yeah. obviously are working like crazy. Yeah. Good, so. good, uh, good women and men working working to restore uh, power to everybody here in Cape Breton and throughout the province. Getting back to the wild child, no power outages in New Brunswick that we were aware of. No, I think they kind of went through unscathed. Yeah, Fredericton specifically, fine, seemingly. When we went through there, nobody seemed to be talking about uh, Hurricane Dorian. So Greystone Brewing, I don't think was, because we were there basically about a day after, and everything was bright and sunny and, yeah, yeah. and nice. Now, speaking of Greystone Brewing, is the how's the wild child treating you now? I mean, it's good. Yeah. It's still nowhere near my favorite Rattler. No, it's... Um, I don't know. I guess... I don't know how you determine what is a Rattler and what isn't. This tastes almost more like a Shandy or something. See, and that's the thing. And this brings up an, another interesting point. When I tried to do some research on Greystone for to get, get ready for the podcast, um, when you go on their website... Their website is very bare bones. There's not a lot of information. In fact, I had a lot of difficulty even trying to determine how uh, 
they got the name Greystone. I imagine it has something to do with the geological formations in Fredericton. Unfortunately, we weren't at the brewery long enough to really glean a lot of information from there. But the website doesn't really explain it either. And on top of that, on the website, when you click the Our Beers link, an interesting thing happens. You're actually redirected to Greystone's untapped uh, Which I don't really know what is this untapped. So untapped is an app um, that basically allows people to, it's like a social media app for beer. It's a social media app for beer. So when you have a beer, you can kind of rate it and say where you had it and what kind you had. And you can give a little blurb about it. So when you click on, when you go to Greystone's website and you click on the Our Beers link, it links up to Untapped. So instead of actually getting information from the brewery about their beers, you're actually getting it from the world en masse who has drank their beers. Which in some ways, I guess, maybe that makes... In some ways, maybe that's better because then you're getting a bit more of like what people actually think. I mean, I looked at their Instagram and there's not much on there about the beers necessarily except sort of like we're at this event we've got this beer that sort of thing but i mean the more i drink it the more i guess it must be made with grapefruit i don't know i'm assuming that based on the fact that they serve it as far as instagram well it is it is a grapefruit rather Um, for sure which it doesn't say on the can necessarily it doesn't give that information which is i also found interesting of course it's handwritten on the crowler because because they just fill them yeah right on right the details on later but yeah, the I website was say, kind of lacking, and I found it interesting that you would link to the to the our beers. So I'm if I'm going on there to try and find information about their beers or what's I in guess, them, I'm really reliant on yeah, it's sort of a sub- social media version of disseminating that information, which is strange because people would write negative well, things about it. So which, me as going to the website, it's fair. But I think when I if I want to know about your beer, if I if someone's like, oh, it's Wild Child from Greystone. I don't know what that is. Exactly. So you'd want to go to their website, perhaps, to say, our beers, wild child, it's a grapefruit rattler, da 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 And then you could also go to the untapped to find, like, what do the people say about it? Right. And that's fine. But that's... see, if I'm super into beer, I probably already, I already have the untapped. Yeah, I guess. So I could just search that on my own. I guess the thing, though, is in some ways, like, you want to put the message out there as to, like, I don't know, like, I don't necessarily know what beer is what. If you put this in front of me and I had a sip, I wouldn't know what's a Rattler. Yeah. So if I could go on Untapped and be like, oh, that was like the worst pale ale I've ever had, when that's not even the right category. So you'd think you'd at least want to have the message out there that this is this beer. Mm-hmm. This is this beer. This is what we use to make Well, that's it. what I'm saying. In today's day and age, it's all about the sort of spin you want to put on something, right? So the brewery is given Not the opportunity spin. to... Well, you sort of spin it in the... You know, you sort of get that information out that you want and sort of couch the information you don't want. Whereas what's interesting here is Greystone's allowing sort of the people to tell other people but what it is. Then maybe there's something to that in the sense of like, let's just let the beer speak for itself, maybe. Right. But so if we hadn't gone... To I agree that, that, that this is interesting in some ways. And it actually, it probably is a valuable tool for them to determine, okay, what beers do people not like? Why don't they like them? And we can kind of classify that from a lot of people. Which I think you can do that and still tell people what your beer is about. Yes, that's and then this is my point, is that you could link up to the untapped and still also give mm-hmm. brief descriptions on your website of what the beers are. I just thought it's interesting because when you go on the, when you click the Our Beers and it takes you to the untapped, 
some of their beers aren't getting great scores, and it's sort of like, this is kind of a negative advertisement I, for your brewery. I think the beer that we had there was better than this. Yes, I agree. And that's what makes me wonder Way if it better. has to do with the Crowler. But you mentioned the word Shandy, and then when I went on the Untapped through their website, it described this as a Rattler slash Shandy. And this, to me, drinks more like a Shandy, a little bit more flat. A little more dull. That's, to me, more of a Shandy style. Well, to me, a Rattler has to be a more... And again, I have no concept of what the actual... Thing, this is just going by taste and other Rattlers that I've had. Yeah. They've all been very fruit forward. And that's the taste you get first. Whereas I find with the Shandy, and now it's been a long time since I've had a Shandy. Because I feel like people just aren't making Shandies where we are as much. No. But I found with the Shandy, it was more beer forward with like the lemonade after. Yeah. And a Rattler is more grapefruit, grapefruit forward, beer after. Yeah, that's what I agree. It's a little more sweet than And this, this to this me is not This is more of a forward. shandy. There's more of a shandy. I don't think they should be calling it a Rattler. I think it should be shandy. But I don't know the technical definition of what is considered a Rattler. Like, what do you have to do to consider your beer a Rattler? I think it's more of a... And was, label it as such, I think right? it was more just a regional thing. Because Rattler, as we talked about in previous episodes, is a German turn, a phrase. Whereas Shandy is something that's more British. But Shandy, right. what they used to do in, in British culture is they just mix, they'd pour from one and the other into the same glass. And rather than mixing it all and carbonating right. it all as one, they'd be just adding a little bit here and a little bit there. My, my mother used to describe her childhood at Christmas. Her My grandparents were from England. They would allow her to mix beer and... and uh, uh, ginger ale, I believe, or something like that to make a shandy. And it was like, oh, this was a treat for my mother when she was, you know, a young girl. And the shandies that were here, I think were lemonade and beer. Yeah, and that's or that's the other thing. Or yeah, okay. I think I think it was a bit of a catch-all. It was like shandy was sort of described as mixing beer with but something else. I feel like to call a beer an IPA, there's sort of a technical definition, and I would think Radler has to be somewhat like that. Mm-hmm. Well, like you can't just add a dash of fruit juice and be like, oh, it's a Rattler now. Yeah. Because I couldn't find much information on the website, I looked up some other information. Famous people that have lived in Fredericton over the years. Two, the two most famous that I found. Anne Murray. Well, she's all over the East Coast. Yeah. Well, she's from she's Nova like Scotia. but they're yeah. gem. Yeah. The songbird of Canada, basically. Everyone loves Murray. He, yeah. No one has a bad thing to say about Anne Marie, and I'm not going to be the first to do so. I don't really know much about Anne. Now, people had some bad things to say about the next person who Uh moved to Fredericton and briefly lived there. Benedict Arnold. You know who that is, Britt? I feel like I do, but I don't. Okay, well, he was a famous traitor during the American Revolution. He was an American who actually tried to go against the American army. He essentially tried to basically give the British information that would lead to an attack on an American. So who's saying the bad stuff? The Americans. Yeah. So obviously. He, so have you ever heard of someone calling someone a Benedict Arnold? You're a real Benedict Arnold. Well, I feel like it because I've, I've, the name like rings a bell, but I don't know yeah. what it is. So that's what it was. He was a famous guy who was part of the, during the, and he was a high up ranking oh man in the military. Oh Benedict Arnold? Oh, there's all types. All types. I know. Trying to think of a famous person that you would refer. You know who's really Benedict Arnolding Rattlers? Greystone Brewing. Well, I don't know if it's a traitor. Having said that, I think it's time. <laughs> That's we... not the right. There's another word for something that pretends to be something that they're not. Right. That's what you're looking for. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
How is that a Benedict Arnold? You're They're a, not a real, traitor. You're a real Benedict Arnold to the Rattler community. Because no. this, this is clearly a shandy. <laughs> no, you, that's whatever, like a sheep in wolf's clothing or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's a better word. That's a better yeah. turn of phrase. Anyway, what I was trying to get at is it's time for us to give a review of the Wild Child Greystone Fredericton, New Brunswick. Drew, thrill, will, or swill? I think I have to go... I don't want to be too harsh, but I think I got to go swill. Ouch. I know. It's just... I don't know. To be honest with you, and, I, and I've and i spoken to you privately about this, Brit, I did not have a good experience at this brewery. I felt as though the people working... the, the It was just the, one person working there. The bartender working there, I Because I thought there I was one person was, who worked there who yeah. was like... Fine. There was one person working there. He was unloading a truck. He was fine. The bartender, I felt like they weren't really paying much mind to us when we were there. And it sort of felt like they didn't really appreciate our business. And that sort of left a bad feeling in my mouth. And now that I've had the beer, it's sort of like, oh, man. it just And it also, and then trying to research and not finding anything on the website, it's like it's all culminating. And that's not necessarily, that's not necessarily changing what my rating would have been. But to be honest with you, this beer is just not remarkable and I would not get it again. So for me, it's got to be just, it's just a swill. Britt, the wild child from Greystone Brewing, a thrill, will, or a swill? Uh, will minus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if I went there, I would order it. But like, I don't know if I'd get a second pint of it. The beer we had when we were there was better. And I think it was the Freshfield Sour is what I had. Yeah, it was a blueberry was, sour you yeah. had. And I had a Kolsch that was quite good. That's what I mean. So I don't know if this is just a bit of a... It's, it just might be a miss. It's not to say don't go to the brewery. Going no, to the brewery... No, I thought it was like a cool joint. The brewery like, was beautiful. Like, they had I liked cool, everything about they it. They had like the rainbow walkway going in. They had a nice patio outside. Yeah, nice patio. They had like a nice fireplace inside. Like the yeah. vibes were good. Yep. They had a they food, had a food truck, truck, which was, was good. good. Yep. So it's not like, oh, don't go. Mm-hmm. But this to me is just not... I don't know, this isn't a Rattler. And I had high expectation of like getting really kind of punched in the face with some grapefruit flavor. And I feel like it's barely tasted and it's kind of on the back end. And I think he changes to a shandy. It's a home run. I think that that all lines up. Yeah, I I still, it's lacking for me a bit of flavor, to be honest. Like to me, great, like I will drink, drink grapefruit juice. Yeah. Like, I love grapefruit juice. Yeah, you're a big tart queen. Yeah. And this, to me, just doesn't hit those notes. When you say it's a grapefruit rattler, like, I want to taste that grapefruit. But that, I mean, I thought it was kind of a cool place. It's downtown Fredericton, so, I don't know. That's kind of neat. Yeah, I think, like I said, the brewery, it's no fault of the brewery. I think it's just the execution of the beer. Maybe the naming is a bit wrong. And maybe it had something to do with the fact that it's a crowler. If we maybe. would have had it on tap at the brewery, it might not have tasted as kind of flat and a little bit lacking in flavor as it does now i think we're at the end of the episode we're heading to halifax nova scotia the the sudscast east coast brewery tour continues jinx Jinx. (laughs) double jinx jinx. (laughs) i just said one jinx anyway it'll continue listen on for the next podcast we might have something a little bit special lined up for the next one possibly a cape breton competition hmm oh we'll see we'll see but in the meantime it's that time again Oh to sing gosh. a parody of Beer by Robin I hope Robin you have it written down because I don't remember it. If you're listening to this podcast, baby, come on back next week for more. And we said, 
It's okay, guys, cause you know we'll be good friends and we'll say, Go and grab yourself a beer.